0: Good morning, sharps and squares, Jews and Gentiles, and anybody else I missed. You are now tuned into the seventh episode of 90 Degrees. I'm the host, Kevin Davis at Boogie Down Picks. The show is called 90 Degrees because we're giving you the right sports betting angles. And our guest today is Scott. He's on Twitter at Vegas Horsepools. We met at the first Bed Bash in Jersey. And since then, we talk almost every day. I would say every other day. And he is a professional sports better, for real, because I only call people professional sports betters if they do it full time. And he's working for Spank Odds. And he's doing a whole bunch of other ventures. And he is like the glue of our gambling group. Because we have him. We have James, who is on a, another episode we have other people, and we all talk about our angles, and we help each other win. So, Scott, what is Spank Odds, and how is it changing sports betting for the better? And what's your role with it?
1: I I think Spank Odds has turned the whole gambling world upside down. Um, what Spanky has released uh, is Spank Odds, and it being free to everyone has just changed Everything, because now it doesn't matter how big a sports better you are or how small a sports better you are. Since he's giving that out for free, you've got no excuse not to shop lines. And that shopping the lines is the most important thing you can do if you're going to bet anything. My role is pretty simple with him. Um, I take care of the Spank God's Twitter account. I take all the support requests. I field the email, just that kind of stuff. So I just I work with Spanky pretty closely on that, and so um, it's a really really fun job. And I, I was really lucky he picked me to run that. He picked me to run that because of my extensive computer background. I used to be, be in charge of um, the internet for a big telecommunications company. Um, I was in charge of the internet during the evening hours, seven days a week. So when he realized the computer experience I had and the betting experience that I have, he said I would probably be a great one to do it. And um, I've enjoyed my time.
0: So is that how you got hooked into Spanky from your experience in computers? Or was it something else?
1: Well, I'll tell you how I, uh, here's a secret I'll give Because we both you. know this the answer, one I'll, I'll share with the whole the Okay, I'll give you the answer. Here's how I got lucky enough to to meet Spanky the very first time. And this is a trick that everybody listening to this can use. Everybody should listen to a podcast called Gambling with an Edge. Gambling with an Edge, what I've always done with that podcast is I try to listen to that and be the first person that gets to listen to it every week. And then when they have a great guest, Immediately send them a message before they get a thousand messages. And then, when if you're the first one sending them a message, your chance of getting it responded to is phenomenally high. I have grabbed a couple of great people that are in my network just because of gambling with an edge and sending them an, a message immediately. And Spanky answered the message. I got to meet him. We hung out a little bit, went to a show together. And we've been friends ever since.
0: That's kind of crazy. So you just heard Spanky on a show and he sent him a message because how long ago was this?
1: Um, Several years ago.
0: Okay. So before he Uh, got really big on Twitter.
1: Oh, he had almost no followers when I sent him a message. I heard Gambling with an Edge when he was a guest, and he had very few followers. But when I heard this guy, I said, this is my kind of guy. I I want to be friends with him. So I immediately sent him a message. And since he had no followers and nothing like that at the time, he responded. And like I said, it was the best decision I made. And I've got some other really big guys I've done the same thing with. And uh, I probably don't want to name them right now, but uh, one of them is a host of Gambling with an Edge (laughs) who did the same thing for me because he did not have a very big um, following at the time I sent him a message either. And he responded to me. So that's a great um, tip I'll give to all your listeners. Find a show. You can't do it with a show like um, Spanky's uh, podcast because all of those guys are legends and they've all got thousands of people following them. You can't you're not gonna pull this off. You're gonna have to find a uh, a big guy coming out and just now getting involved in social media. That's the way to do it.
0: So you basically have to listen to ninety degrees because outside of plus E V analytics, um none of my guests have more than like two thousand followers.
1: Right. The same the thing we've all the, same the sharps ter- that you haven't ter- heard about. That's exactly right. It's it's exactly the same uh, theory.
0: Although, to be fair to Fats, our very first guest, he has a big following, just not on social media.
1: Right, but he gets bigger every day, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. So, what's up, Fats? I know you're <laughs> listening. We love you. Uh, and we appreciate all the help you've given to our betting group on the down low over the years. Now... Why are they giving Definitely out spank so. outs for free? Why not just charge money or have betting affiliates? Uh,
1: um, I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know why he's giving it away. It's worth so much money. I can't believe he's giving it away myself. So that I don't know.
0: I mean, quite frankly, I like to argue that Bash 1 and 2 were given away for free, even though we had to pay for it, because we got so much for what we paid for. And based on the Be Better Betters podcast, it looks like he just broke even, or even took a little loss on both of them.
1: Well, if you went to Bet Bash One or you went to Bet Bash Two, you ain't seen nothing yet with what he's got planned with Bet Bash Three. So I think everybody, and that's that's another tip that everybody that listens to this podcast should know: the most important thing for you to do next year is to go to Betbash 3, downtown Las Vegas at Circa. And uh, you'll get to meet absolutely everyone. And it will be the time of your life. I've talked to probably 20 different people, and myself included, that say Bet Bash 2 was the greatest thing they've ever done in their whole life. It was the greatest week. Because you just got to talk to every single person you wanted to. I I got to meet people that I never thought I would get to meet and I got to tell you, it was even, um, it was even more interactive than even going to like the blackjack ball was.
0: Mm. So you were at the blackjack ball. Now, do you play any blackjack?
1: I do not. I do not. Um, I went as I went with Spanky. He was in town and needed someone to go with him. And I was, uh, I was available and I'd never done it before. And it was an amazing event. It's something everybody should try to go to, um, especially now since I thought it's a opened, top secret event. <laughs> it is a top secret a bit, event, but now that they are opening it up to more people because they're trying to get more gamblers, not just blackjack players, but they're mm. trying to get more gamblers. And that's how come I was allowed to go.
0: I, I see. So, you know, blackjack players, sports betters, it's all about the network. So everybody puts their network in together and helps each other out.
1: Yeah, it's all about the EV. Everything is about the EV, and it really doesn't matter if you're betting sports or if you're if you're playing blackjack, you're playing horses. We're all in this together, and um, there's some great horse players out there that I've been lucky to meet. And well, you know, one of them is um, is in our group. But Mm -hmm. we're all just doing the exact same thing, just trying to make some EV and the most important thing that you can do. And I say this a lot and I get pushback on it, but I'll say it again. If I wanted to double the amount of money that I'm making this year, next year, all I got to do is have twice as many friends. Mm. Friends, if you're spending one hour a week networking, you should be spending two. And if you're spending two, you should be spending four. It's just that simple. Networking is more important in this game than anything else you can say.
0: Yes, certainly, because it's it's already exhausting to do all this work with a group. But when you try and do it solo, you're going to miss a few things and get too exhausted.
1: Well, exactly. Well, a perfect example is Canadian football. The chances of me betting Canadian football, if I don't have the group that we have, would be almost zero. But I've got a guy in that group that's the best in the country of CFL. Why would I not take advantage of that? I've got a guy in that group that um, does the um, power rankings for the, um, the Division Two football. Why would not all of us take advantage? I mean, you got to have a group. You just have to have a group. But everybody talks about betting groups. And I think that's a mistake. Because I think you need to have your friends, and then you need to have your business partners. I don't. You got to be really careful about mixing those together. And I don't think I'd recommend all that. I'd rather just have all my betting be just me. Nobody else care about it because that way there's no um, there's no problem or no um, no bad feelings about money. You know.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So the idea is you're putting your own money down, getting your own uh, outs. But right. everybody that you work with is not financially invested.
1: Correct. Correct. Right.
0: But you'll know that when I give you a Canadian football pick, I'm betting on it myself.
1: Oh, I know that, but you don't but know. But you're how the much- one doing
0: the max bets, not me.
1: <laughs> right. Cause you don't know how much I bet on it.
0: <laughs> well, you know you say, Oh, I put a max bet on and then they allowed me and then it moved the other way. <laughs> What's going on?
1: Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens.
0: So now, before the Bet Bash stuff, did you have, like, a, a betting network outside of Spanky of people you communicated with uh, regularly on betting?
1: The answer is no. I didn't think it was important. I thought it was a waste of time. And I had no idea how much money that cost me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know for a while it's just like the two of us. Right. But, like, when, when it was betbash 2, you put it all together. James couple others that are probably going to be on this show.
1: Well, the reason that our group actually got formed is because one of the members of the group, I invited him. I used to have a little get together at one of the local casinos on Sunday night. And we'd always get like one or two guys to show up and we just sat around and talk about what happened. And I invited this guy because he was in my speed networking. I said, you would be perfect in this, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I'd love to come to it." And I said, "Well, we uh, we do it generally on Sunday nights." He said, "Well, that's a pretty long drive from Phoenix." And then I said, "Well, gosh, we're going to have to figure out a way to do this online." And then I talked to several other people, and we put it put it all together. So yeah, I have a pretty nice group of people that I'm talking to several times. Basically, there's there's messages running right now in that group, and sometimes people talk about crazy stuff like like betting darts, which just blows my mind. Anybody's willing to do that. But um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a guy in our group that bets darts. If so I was interested we, in that, I would go and play with him.
0: So now when you get all these tips and information, how are you able, especially in the smaller markets, how are you able to get your money down while keeping your accounts alive?
1: Well, that's a really, really good trick. Um, the first thing I do when I get, let's just go uh, Canadian football. It'll be easier for me. The first thing I do when I get a tip on Canadian football is I look at the whole market and I try to find out where the best price is. As soon as I find out where the best price is, I determine is it a sharp book or is it a square book? If it's a square book, then I don't bet as nearly as much because I don't want to get limited and kicked out. But if it's a sharp book, and my sharp CFL guy really likes it, I just max bet it. It's just that simple.
0: I was just astonished, because until I met you, I didn't know that they were taking four-figure max bets on CFL, not even on game day.
1: Yep, they'll do it. I just thought it would be like
0: Asian baseball, but a little bit more money.
1: Nope, they'll take the bets. You just got to know where to put them.
0: Yeah, that is certainly nuts. Now... As a sports better, especially when you were working solo, were you handicapping uh, games or were you just chasing the screen?
1: Well, I, I tried to do the best handicapping I could. I have found out years later that I was terrible at it. I was based Here's here's how I got started. Here's here's the, the best story for you. Um, one of the uh, one of the guys running a, a major book right now in Reno. I was working with him at a job. And he was talking to me about horses. And I said, "Um, well, tell me a little bit about how the horse game works. And he explains it all to me. And he says to me that there's people living in Vegas like Kings and they're living off their comps off horse racing. I said, gosh, tell me more about that. And he talked about how you would bet uh, the horses in the race. You basically have every horse in the race At a certain percentage, you could break even on them and just live off the comps because the comps are incredible in horses because horses isn't beatable because of the huge takeout. But they are beatable if you're able to back test it and do a mathematical formula where you know exactly how much to have on every horse in the race to break even. So I spent some time putting that program together. Uh, based on his recommendation, I found a, I found a horse tra- or a, a casino on the East Coast that was actually um, posting all of their pool limits, all the all the money in the pools. And I was able to get an account through them, although I never bet there, but I was able to get an account. I was able to scrape their information and suck it into a Python program that I wrote and I was able to to massage these numbers. And I found the perfect formula on how to make it so I could almost break even on every race. It was a beautiful thing. And that's how I found um, one of the major players in our group, Joseph. Because Joseph, I started advertising that I was doing this, got a bunch of people interested in it, and Joseph contacted me. And we've been friends ever since because he's actually a real handicapper of horses. He's not trying to play the comp game I used to play. Hmm. Kind of, kind of miss those days because those are always fun. But um, it's, it's nice making real money now instead of comps.
0: So, how did your horse racing comp game catch up to you? Ah, uh, they kicked me Essentially, out. Essentially, how did you become Vegas horse pools?
1: Oh, uh, um, I guess just because I was very successful at it, and I used to be able to score all of the comps that I wanted. And um, the casino eventually kicked me out. It took them about four years, but they kicked me out, wouldn't let me play anymore.
0: So so is the Which cost kind of, of winning. Me to play.
1: Yeah, the cost of winning is getting kicked out. That's true in everything.
0: Which is why it's all about being 90 degrees the right angles, because once you lose one angle, you have to come up with a new one.
1: Right. And that's when I got really, really heavy into sports.
0: And I figured you would say, and this is uh, why Spanky has the best angle of them all, that never grows old.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, I missed missed my line.
0: It's all right. I I had it coming. So Spanky, (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast, just know that I hear you loud and clear that getting closing line value is the end all and be all of sports betting. If you can't beat the closing line as a better, you ain't shit. To paraphrase what he said.
1: And that's very true. That's very true. The other thing that's really important, though, is you got to make sure you're getting the best number when you're betting. I got to think that's a strong number two on his list. There's no point paying uh, a minus 150 when there's minus 140s out there. And there's no point paying a minus three and a half when there's minus threes out there.
0: Yes, certainly, or knowing the difference between minus 3, minus 118, and uh, minus 3.5, minus 102, which one is better?
1: Correct, correct.
0: Uh, Or other angles, Uh, or certainly alt-line pricing, Um, if you are more flexible in whether you worry about getting limited or not. Now, in between your computer programming and working as a professional better, what was your career and how did that dovetail into sports betting as a profession?
1: Um, I don't really know if it did um, except to get this uh, spank odds job because of my computer background, but I'm certified in almost everything in the computer field. I'm certified by Microsoft, um, Cisco, CompTIA. I'm certified by all of them. That was always the thing I wanted to do was computer science. And um, well, it really helped me out when I was able to put that horse program together that I guess that was the, probably the best part. Um, I think that's, I think that's probably my best um, my best takeaway from my career was all the computer experience I had.
0: So why use the computer experience for betting when you could just be a computer programmer that isn't betting and probably making more money. What makes sports betting um, your favorite?
1: I'll tell you, that's a very easy question. Um, there's no chance I'm going to get laid off. I might get I might get kicked out of a book, but I won't get kicked out of all the books. Um, this morning, or I would say every morning, generally except for the weekends, I don't set the alarm. I get up when I'm ready and I go to bed when I'm ready. I work when I want to. If I want to go do something else, I go do something else. So I don't have to answer to anybody. And I can still make a pretty darn good living doing what I'm doing. So I kind of like the, having my own freedom.
0: Yeah, certainly freedom is better than having a ton of dough. Now <laughs> <laughs> well it depends who you ask. Um now, what was your first ever sports betting experience? Like way before you were a pro.
1: Oh god, I remember betting I remember betting the World Series when I was still in high school with a bookie and um, that was before I knew what odds were. And I think back at those days, and um, I definitely didn't take the best of that there because um, yeah, I got, I got kind of shafted on that because I, I believe at the time that I was betting it, I had the dog and I was getting even money. So not, not a good situation. It was a kind of a bad situation, I guess. My first uh, bookie, uh, my first bookie experience, but I did play a lot of poker before I moved to Vegas and that really got me into the gambling world.
0: Uh Aha. So it wasn't until you played poker that you really understood the pricing.
1: Um, Knowing you,
0: we know that you're, you're a little bit in the sports being that you're from Nebraska.
1: That's true. Very much in college football. That's very true. But yeah, I didn't really hang around with people that did a whole lot of gambling until I started betting uh, or started playing poker, um, hold them. And that's when I started getting around more of those kind of people. And then I started to see, you know, there looks like there's other opportunities, especially when I couldn't be a long term winner in poker. I had to find a way to win.
0: So, the issue with poker was it was hard to be a long term winner, and that's how you got to connected with something where you're not competing against other betters directly
1: that that's true, yeah, I was a nice, solid winner in Texas, but when I moved to vegas i I can't win in, pe- in poker in Vegas I can't do it i'm I'm lucky if I can even get close to breaking even, but in texas i could I could win every time mm. it seemed like I seemed like I didn't even have losing sessions in Texas. Boy, those were the fun days of playing poker.
0: Now, is that what brought you to... Uh, Needing to to do something while you play poker? Or did that come much later?
1: Yeah, we need to scratch that name.
0: Okay. So we should uh, should say, is that when you... Let me rephrase that. Is that when you went to bookmaker to remain anonymous?
1: Yes, right. When I came out to uh, Vegas and um, got everything all squared away and decided I didn't want to play poker anymore, that's when I went to went to the dark side and started working for a bookmaker. Because I thought it would be cool to see how they made those lines because I didn't know how they did it. And then I was a little bit disappointed when I found out that most of the places don't make the lines at all. All they do is copy them from offshore. And that's that's just really disappointing and when you finally realize that that's all they really do and then they move on action that's it's just that simple of game on the bookmaker side
0: so if you heard somebody doing a song and then you record on your own album without getting their permission and they get paid for it you would get in trouble for not giving royalties but if pinnacle makes a line and somebody else steals it no one's going to give pinnacle any royalties either
1: that's, that's exactly what bookmaking looks like to me uh, in Vegas. That's exactly what it looks like. Now, there's other places, I'm sure, that put out their own number, and those are some of the really big guys. But um, the smaller outfits look like they just simply copy. Mm. But I think, I think the key to longevity with the bookmaker, I truly believe this, is to build a good relationship with them and some places it's going to be almost impossible. You know, the big, big guys where you're not talking to anybody but a supervisor at the at the counter. There's not really much you can do. But if you get a smaller place, and I actually did this, and this might be a, a story that I haven't told you before. There was a place I used to bet at that um, would do their lines and bring their lines up. And I would be watching their lines in the app because that's all I had at the time. And I would catch errors that they'd made. And I would immediately get on the phone and call them and say, hey, you flipped this favorite. It's not supposed to be favorite team A. It's supposed to be team team B. And they really, really liked that. So I was in good there. They were never going to kick me out. They got me... Um, They got me some free lunches and all that, which I thought was cool. I just basically didn't want to get kicked out of the place. And then I've done this for him for like six or seven times. And finally, the guy says, hey, do you want more lunches? I said, no, I don't want more lunches. What I'd really like is you just double my limits. And they go, oh, no, 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 we can't double your limits. I said, no, wait a minute. The only reason you have limits is in case you make a mistake. I've already proven to you that if you make a mistake, i call you and let you know. And so they went up the chain and they got me double limits. Well, here's the funny part of the story. Two weeks later, they make another mistake. I call them up and I get one of the traders instead of one of the, uh, the front guys. And I say, hey, you've got this one flipped. And I think he thought I was just a troublemaker. And didn't want uh, didn't want to bet it anyway, so he said to me, "Ah, Scott, go ahead and bet it." I said, "Are you sure?" I said, "You got the wrong side on this." He said, "Yeah, go ahead and bet it." I said, "Well, how much can I bet?" He said, "Bet as much as you want." I said, "Can I bet my full limit?" And I don't think he realized I had double limits at that time in the phone call, so I smashed it for double limits. Of course, I couldn't get in trouble because he told me to do it, but that was a huge win where I had a huge, I had a huge favorite at a huge dog price and the thing won easy. So I believe that you need to have a good relationship with the bookmaker if it's possible. But like I say, some of the big places that you're never going to talk to a decision maker, there's no way you can do it. But if it is possible, it is something you should strive for.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, it reminds me of this one bookmaker that's big in New Jersey where they don't let me get down on unusual sports or major markets until right at game time. And I'm still a VIP with them. And they mailed me some Yeti coolers. And it's <laughs> like, it's, they're spending all this money giving me Yeti coolers, but they won't let me bet my small betting amounts on stuff I went at. Like, I don't understand what the marketing department is doing. If the trading department makes another decision. Yeah.
1: Well, I know the book you're talking about because you've talked about this before, uh, mm-hmm. privately, but there just has to, it has to be in a book where you can actually talk to somebody who can make a decision. And, and today's world we're playing in, there's very few of the books that you're able to actually do that with anymore. There's a handful of them. There's a handful of books that I still call this day if they make a mistake because I, I know them, I like them, they respect me, and I respect them, and I just want a fair game. And so I still, to this day, I have, I have a handful of books that I call when I, when I catch a problem.
0: Mm. Now, one thing with you being in Vegas is that you're betting in personal at the time. But some of the time you're betting an app, you just have to sign up for the apps in person. Uh, For most of your betting action, money-wise, is it by counter or is it by app?
1: 100% app. 100%. There's There's no reason to go to the counter. Because if you go to the counter, the biggest problem with going to the counter is you could get a ticket miss great or miss uh typed and now you've got the wrong side where i've made mistakes on that app but i'll tell you what i made the mistake it was nobody's fault but mine and i'd rather have that responsibility be mine than a ticket writer hmm. so i am i'm 100 I'm on the app and i've never lost a virtual ticket but I can't say that about tickets that when I used to bet them at the counter because I've lost a couple there that I'm not very uh, very happy about. But virtual tickets, you can't lose them. I think mm. you're crazy not to use the app because they've still got your player's card number. They still know you bet it. You're not hiding by betting at the counter. There's no advantage to betting at the counter at all. So they
0: don't let you bet max amounts at the counter without a player's card? Um, there's you a, can't a, just you, walk up with a wad of cash and be like... Got this. Every single
1: book has a different rule and every different employee at those different books has a different rule. I wouldn't even play that game. There's a couple big sports books in town that deal a lesser line on the app than they do in person. But I still don't think it's worth going there because of the amount of time, because if I wanted to bet a game right now, it would take me one minute to bet it on the app. It's going to take me one minute to put my shoes on to get to the car. So, yeah, I I still think you're better betting on the app. And like I said, the sports books still know what you bet. They still know how much you bet. They still know when you bet it. So you're not hiding anything by going to the counter unless you don't give them your player's card. But most most of the places actually ask you for it.
0: Ah, so the fact that they ask and you don't have it would raise a red flag with them.
1: Well, that could potentially cause them. I can think of one sports book in town Like you couldn't have
0: your sister's brother—I mean, your sister's uh, boyfriend's brother—come in with your money and make a bet.
1: Well, generally, um, most of the places that when they ask you for a player's card, if you don't have it, they cut the limit way down on the counter app. So there's just there's no advantage to it at all, in my opinion. Absolutely none. The only time you should go to the counter is when you need to deposit money or take money out. I think that's the only reason. No. And here's a and here's a little plug for Play Plus. Play oh. Plus is beautiful in Vegas. I know you guys on the East Coast get to deposit money virtually. We can't do that here, except if you have Play Plus. And that allows us to bet in places like Reno. So, for example, I have a couple books that I bet in Reno. But I can't go to Reno. I mean, that's an eight-hour drive drive or you know a 45 minute plane ride but they have play plus which allows us to transfer the money so i play a lot in reno
0: well that sounds very good compared to driving eight hours or taking a flight
1: a hundred percent yes
0: but you'd still have to make the trips to reno to sign up for the sportsbooks accounts
1: right you have to make the first trip that's a hundred percent true
0: now do you do any betting with Arizona across the border?
1: Um I want to, but I have just never um I have never took the time to set everything up. They do have a couple of books that I'd like to bet at. And the big book that we don't have in Vegas, which you're probably aware of, is DraftKings. I would love to bet at DraftKings. But there's a spot like it's I think the spot in Arizona is like 45 minutes from my house where everybody's pulling over to bet the Arizona apps. Um, I just have never spent the time to do it. But DraftKings would be a fun book to bet at. But I think they they limit you after some so much bet or something. I don't I don't like I said I don't have any, I don't have any experience with them. I just see what I, I see on Twitter.
0: Yeah I mean people get limited pretty quick at DraftKings. It wasn't always that way. Uh, but ever since they started doing their odds in house and had pressure from shareholders, they've gotten more aggressive with it, although maybe they're rolling it back because they are originating more markets. Well, that's good now, do you have any questions for me
1: boy I know you so well kevin i i don't i don't i don't, the only thing I guess I always want to talk to you about is Canadian football because that's that seems to be the driving force every time we get together. Because like I say, you're you're one of the best I've ever even um been able to hear about on Canadian football. So I'm really glad that um I'm really glad you're willing to share that kind of information. And I'm hoping you're willing to share more of the baseball stuff when we get baseball started again next year. Yeah,
0: definitely. Now it's funny you bring up Canadian football is I've only been betting on it for three seasons now. Uh, and I just laugh at being called, like, one of the biggest experts in the world uh, by you, Rob Pizzola. Uh, but I certainly tried to hone in the craft, figure out the key numbers, um, when to buy the alt points, when to do the money line rather than the spread. So with the playoffs, the CFL playoffs for the Grey Cup start this weekend on Sunday. It's mm-hmm. going to be on ESPN2, even though it's a Sunday when NFL is on. And I'm totally latching the CFL over NFL. This Sunday, no question about it. We have Hamilton versus Montreal and you have another game. You have BC versus Calgary and both games. You either have a two and a half or a three point favorite. So you want to look to see uh, what happens with that three. Cause even though it's not like NFL where 16% of games are decided by 10, I mean, are decided by three, uh, 10% of CFL games are decided by three. But you can certainly look to find, you know, buying up from, you know, three to three and a half or four or four and a half. Uh, because certainly there's more value than you would think, even though they juice going off the three or going on to the three. Uh, especially, you know, there's the going from a plus four to a plus six in the CFL. If you're getting if you're paying eight cents for every half point is great value. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. The other thing to keep an eye on with the futures is that um, the teams that are playing this weekend, they didn't get a bye. So they have to win three games in a row to win the Grey Cup, where the teams that are playing next week, who are playing the winners of this week's games, only have to win their conference final and the Grey Cup. So only two games. So now Winnipeg, um, I think they should be – six or seven point favorite against Calgary or BC, especially because they're gonna be at home. Uh but BC, the reason I wouldn't bet on Winnipeg to win the, the championship is because BC, if they beat Calgary, they're probably gonna be a two and a half point dog if I had to guess against Winnipeg. Whereas Calgary is maybe four, four and a half point dog. And then in the, the Great Cup final against the East, you know, Winnipeg will probably be a five or six point favorite. So you may just be better off uh, parlaying the money lines for next week for Winnipeg and then the Grey Cup, assuming uh, Winnipeg wins the final, uh, rather than betting on the future, even though it's going to be very chalky. Um, now, one interesting thing about Hamilton is, and this you don't have to know Canadian football to follow this, so essentially Winnipeg's the heavy favorite. Now, Hamilton, uh, they start off the season, I think, uh, three and nine. And then they finished uh, eight and ten, uh, but people are still thinking about how horrendous they've been, especially because they've lost. They've won a lot of close games recently, so they've gotten lucky. Is if Hamilton plays really well at Montreal, they're not going to be as big of a dog against Toronto next week as you would expect. Same against Winnipeg, so getting them at fifteen to one to win three games in a row might actually be, or I think would be, a better value than just parlaying the money line each week. So those are all things to think about. Certainly next week when the openers come out for the winner of Montreal Hamilton against Toronto, as well as the winner of Calgary BC against Winnipeg, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the movement because recently as we've played more games, I've seen that the lines don't really move that much from the openers, especially because all the teams have played each other already since they play 18 games a year and there's only nine teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's the special insights I have for this period of time. We also have election day on Tuesday. And as we've talked about before, I'm a big election better. I don't really see too many angles right now because the polls, I think are not as accurate as they normally are this close to the election because there's still a good deal of undecideds and third party support. So election day, if I had time, I have an election of my own I'm volunteering on. What I would be doing is I'd be going on an exchange like predicted or even bet online or one of the offshores that lets you bet on politics. Or if you're in Canada, you can also bet on politics on the apps. Hint, hint, uh, Canadians listening. I know there's a bunch of you is I like live betting the elections and I like looking at the exit polls. So the exit polls are much different than a regular poll. Where the regular poll, you have to not only get people to tell the truth on who they're voting for, but you have to figure out who's going to vote. The exit poll, they're only interviewing people that have already voted and they have a bigger sample. So the exit polls are usually off by only one percentage point. So if you live bet the election margin markets or even the winner of the election markets, which will be very juicy, um, you'll get some really good value in prices if you're fast enough. Like, and he, you just put the proper weights because the exit poll is never going to say X candidate has fifty-two percent of the vote. It's going to say X candidate has fifty-eight percent of women and forty-nine percent of men. But they'll tell you how many men they they polled and how many women they polled. So if you just you know weight each sample based on that, you can come up with an estimate of a median result for the candidate, and just take every single margin within one percentage or two percentage points of that. So that's what I would be doing if I were betting the elections this year. Um, on that note, I know you're, you're my guest, but we flipped the script because it's fun. Any last words today, Scott?
1: Um, no, I just want to thank you for letting me come on. And um, I just want to encourage everybody to number one, go to Bet Bash 3. It will definitely be the time of your life. And the most important thing I think for everybody to do is to get the best possible line. And the best way to get the best possible line is on spank odds.
0: All right. You heard it first. If you want to spank the odds, get spank odds. Also, if you want a good (laughs) laugh, make sure your computer isn't on mute. When you open up spank odds for the first time, (laughs) especially if your parents or girlfriend are around (laughs) as I found. All right. That's a wrap. Big bomb, bomb bangers boogie down, big bangers. Big bangers, bangers bomb boogie down, pigs. Bangers, big bangers, big Bang bangers boogie down, pigs. Big bangers, big bangers, bangers bomb boogie down, pigs. Bangers, bangers, big bomb, bomb bangers boogie down, pigs. Bangers, big bangers,
1: bangers